0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hi, I'm Yannick Hansmann. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm, I'm Dennis Kudler. Kudler. This is Sebastian Volko. It's am Andrea I am Francisco Serundelo, And you're listening to the Game to the Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> Novak Djokovic comes in He steals the title He wins the 23rd Grand Slam He's the first guy in history To win 23 Grand Slam
0: Alcaraz is going to win Roland Garros this year He wants to be the greatest player He wants to emulate some of the big goats of the game I think Iga's going to win Roland Garros And win it back to back It doesn't happen often Iga Sriantek is going to be picking up her third and in the men's Daniel Mopade Rude winning Roland Garros Ostapenko is going to get her second Roland Garros title.
1: Carlos Alcaraz is going to win the men's side. Iga's fiance is going to uh, to win on the women's. Daniil Medvedev and Jessica Pegula will bring home the trophies this year. Novak Djokovic clinches twenty-third, and then on the women's side, we put Ostapenko. On the women's side, been on fire, has won titles on
0: every surface. Her name is Elena Rabakina. And on the men's, Carlos Alcaraz will win his first.
1: French Open. Novak Djokovic is the 2023 Roland Garros champion. Oh, welcome back, tennis fans. It's the final on the men's side of Roland Garros. Novak Djokovic versus Casper Ruud. He's back there again for a second year running and he's facing not Rafael Nadal this time, But Novak Djokovic, he can't help but face a GOAT in a final. And a Roland Garros, can he do better than last year? But Novak Djokovic going for the big one. It's number 23. And JG, you're trying to protect it, I feel, over that side, aren't you? Well, I feel like I've missed a few
0: episodes here, but I haven't. All I've missed was the big watch along um, with Ali Karaz and Djokovic. I've got the pleasure of watching the full match. And I've got a lot to speak about regarding that. But let's wait for that moment because I want it to fit in with our preview. Uh, First off, though, congratulations to both Novak Djokovic and Kasparud. Getting to a Grand Slam final is no easy feat. And I know some people often say, oh, well, this player's had an easier draw. It doesn't really matter. It's very tough to get to a Grand Slam final. And Kasparud now, credit to him. He gets a lot of uh, criticism on this channel. And I think with a lot of people on Twitter, online, other media outlets as well, uh, for being a little bit soft and losing big matches. But getting to another slam final is really impressive when no one really gave him a chance to get here. He got there last year against Rafa. He got to the US Open final against al showing he can do it on different surfaces. Is he going to get a little bit stronger now? with the experience of continuously getting there. Like, surely it helps the fact that he played one against one of the other goats in in the Dow last year. I know he got blitzed off the court, but Mm. surely he's a little bit more prepared. He's not going into the unknown of what a Roland Garros final is. He's played the greatest player to ever play at Roland Garros in Rafa last year. Djokovic isn't the greatest player to ever play at Roland Garros. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. He's no easy pushover. But surely he's a little bit more prepared. That's my thinking going into this one. But I'm sure we're going to go into all of the tweets and all of the details very
1: soon. Yeah. And the uh, other thing that should be noted, obviously, he's a m- big fan of Rafael Nadal. Yeah, we had all of the tweets before last year's final where he was showing how he was watching Rafael Nadal, going there to support him as a fan. And then he was on the court in the final against him. He doesn't have that same sort of love, I'd say, for Djokovic. He has respect, but not the same fanboy love that he had for Nadal. Yeah, exactly. Admiration. So I don't think there's going to be any love lost. He's just going to go out there and he will just attack this one in the best way possible. And you've got to say, at least he is improving in his slam finals because the first one, beaten straight sets. Second one, took a set. Now he's in his third one. Does he take two sets? I don't know. Or does he go even better on that? But this is better surface. And he did just destroy Sasha Zverev in the semi-finals, who was last year's semi-finalist as well. And he bageled him as well, which no one can really say that they do that to Zverev very often. I've not seen that. And i I think Kasparud, I've been saying it throughout this competition. But like, keep writing him off at your own peril because he is like an ultimately an amazing clay court player. This is his surface. He's going to come here and if he plays his best tennis, he had a real good chance of making the final on that side of the draw. That was just the, that was a given for me. I don't know why people were writing him off just because of a bad start to the year. Clay's his surface. He got to the final last year. Has to be considered. And now he's back there again. And I think that the match against Jarry was the one that really sort of woke me up to how well he was playing because jerry was playing fantastically and it shouldn't be underestimated beating him in straight sets in the way he did like uh very close sets but he closed them out like a like a true top say top five player it was really really clinical at the big moments and i think that's where he's come on and maybe jokovic gonna find this tougher than uh what rafa did last year yeah, you've got to remember, he just lost to Jarry as well in
0: Geneva the week yep. prior in the in the build-up to Roland Garros, so got some payback and beat him in straight sets, like you said. I think the reason people were a little bit downbeat on him is from looking at his start of the clay court year. It wasn't mm. great. Lost to Struff in, in Monte Carlo, lost to Surundalo in Barcelona, and the big one was Madrid losing to Al Naldi. I saw a graphic mm. earlier on. I think Morgado might have put it up. And it was, I think, he lost 15 points in a row to Arnaldi. So this is why people were a little bit downbeat on him because he didn't start the clay court season too well. I know you're saying he didn't start the whole season, but even when we went on to the clay, he wasn't the same Casper rude. who was picking up their 50s, 500s, and no one getting close to him. However, let's put that to one side. He's turned up at Roland Garros. He's beaten, like you said, Jarry, who he lost to the other week. He demolished Zverev as well. Comes into another Grand Slam final. Can he beat Novak Djokovic? That's the big question. Let us know in the live chat right now or in the comment section if you are watching this um, video, not live, on repeat. We're going to go straight into it, but let's start off with some tweets. What do we have first?
1: First off, we're going to go to the big three. And... uh... Obviously, this is about Novak Djokovic because we're talking about the big three and this one saying, a thought I had yesterday, Novak Djokovic is the best athlete on the planet right now. Not just tennis wise, we're talking everything, sporting athlete. Well, thanks for clearing that up, Ben, because I thought the big three was actually Rude, Runa
0: and Alcaraz. <laughs> so um, Good thanks, for the, thanks for the clarification there. But yes, it is Novak Djokovic. I let's I think I think we've got to do it. Let's talk about Novak Djokovic Carlos Alcalas. I've been waiting for my moment to discuss it. And quite frankly, it was a really good match. Not for the reasons I was hoping it would be a good match, though. We got to see the magic Carlos Alclass shots. We got to see the endurance and fighting willpower of Novak Djokovic. We didn't get a classic in terms of it only lasted two hours and 10 minutes because the rest of the match was completely done and hardly moving uh, but just on this tweet him being the best athlete on the planet right now I actually agree with it and some people will be surprised me saying that in terms of athleticism for someone of what's his 36 is he 37 yeah 36 it's just not normal I'm sorry it's not normal it, you, we keep saying it on these episodes, we was talking about it last year, even the year before, the more I watch him, the more I just am completely bemused. I don't understand how someone can physically compete with someone 16 years younger who's in the top of their game, who looks like they can demolish anyone who just won the US Open after playing the longest time on court in record in history. No one spent that long on court and then won a Grand Slam at the US Open. Carlos Adelaide did it. He doesn't have a problem with endurance, Carlos. <laughs> no, no. And he's just beaten him by not playing superior tennis because I honestly believe if Carlos was fully fit and able to match Djokovic athletically, athletically I can't even say it, on an, athletically <laughs> athletically then he would have probably won that match but this is all hearsay we don't know it didn't happen like that and it's all part of the the game you need to be physically at your best djokovic bullied him he beat him up he took his took his legs took his soul and then took his arms by the sound of it because carlos alcaraz said the cramp wasn't just his legs his body. whole body began to cramp and We've got to start asking the question, what actually went wrong for Ali Kalaz? What was the cause of him cramping up so much? And I don't put it all down to the physical strains of the tennis match and all the matches prior. I think a large part of the cramps were due to nerves, due to the occasion, and due to the fact that he looked at a man the other side who kept getting everything back was running down every ball, and I think he was a little bit surprised that there was someone who could match him, plus ten, <laughs> and yeah. all of these things together with the fact that he was—he's he, admitted in the press conference—he was extremely nervous coming into the match, more nervous than he's felt. I think there was so much hype around this match. We was hyping it up. Yeah, before the match even started, it was billed as the best match of twenty twenty three. A ball hadn't been hit. Everyone was bigging this up as one of the biggest matches, myself included. All of this pressure, I think, really got to Carlos Alcaraz. He had a really tough first two sets. The second set where he just clinched it and he was looking amazing, having to fight so hard. And ultimately, all the tension, all the nerves had an effect on his body. His arms stopped working and then shortly his legs stopped working and I mean it's very difficult to play tennis, as you know, without arms and legs.
1: Well, most definitely. I mean, they're they're two of the key components <laughs> to tennis, I feel the arms and the legs, uh, for playing uh, against Novak Djokovic, especially. For me, I feel that Carlos Alcalaz, for the first two sets, he was incredible. I mean, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. The thing that about this match that I enjoyed uh, the most was the fact that Novak Djokovic didn't start slow. He came out all guns blazing and he took the match to Alkalaz. And that was, was something I don't think Alkalaz expected. And uh, because you hadn't seen that in any of the Djokovic matches so far in the tournament, maybe surprised him. I, and the thing that I kept saying throughout the match as well, this is Alkalaz's first ever French Open semi-final. He's, this is the tournament he's expected to go on to win the most out of all of his slams. He hasn't won one yet. He needs to still get to the final. He still needs to get that first one under his belt. This is a lot of pressure on a world number one. He's coming in. This is the first tournament he's ever been world number one in as well that he's actually played as well. You've got to put that. There's all these added pressures that he's he's taken on his shoulders. And not to mention, he didn't really do himself any favours by coming into this, this match looking incredible. So everybody's expecting him to go on the court and play the same way he played in the in the last like three matches, where he completely destroyed everybody. And, so, he, talk, and he talked himself up a lot as well. He said exactly. he's ready for this match. He's in the best uh, physical
0: state of his career, and he feels so ready for Novak Djokovic. He said Pre-tour- he played his best match
1: ever against Tsitsipas in yeah. the round before. That's he said his best he's ever played. I mean, he gave it the talk, Carlos Alcaraz, yeah. and quite frankly, he didn't deliver.
0: And I don't want to be too harsh on him because these things can happen. And I think it's a learning curve. He's still super young. Yeah. And it's something for him to overcome. But physically, I don't know all the science, but from what I was reading about cramping, it is something which is very avoidable. Yeah. And it's all to do with conditioning. So, physical conditioning and the work you put in on the gym, off the tennis court, all the physical hard work. Maybe something's missing in his camp with his fitness regime. Um, something he's not been doing. I'm not sure. It did happen also against Sinner in Miami. So it's the second time we've seen an incident now with Carlos Alcaraz cramping up at big moments and unable to play his tennis. So I well, just I hope it's... this is not going to be a theme of the rest of his career.
1: What? Because it's I very ugly it's... if it is. Well, I, this is the thing. And that, th- I said this in the match as well. I think the, the game style of both players has to t- be taken into consideration. I was like sort of putting it out there. Has Novak Djokovic been playing under his best ability coming into the semi-final just to, so his body's not even been stressed? I think that he was because you saw that level was so much higher in the semi-final than it was against Hachanov and in the rounds before. But Alkalaz, he's been playing lights out tennis. For every single match and hitting the ball, that's so taxing on your body. It has to take a toll. I don't just think it's because he's playing
0: lights-up tennis. I think it's just the style of tennis they play. It's grueling. I can't think of the exact word I want to use, but Carlos's and Nadal's style of tennis is very taxing on the body. Djokovic's is not so taxing. And I mean that in a very positive way to Djokovic. He has a very
1: complete Tennis. Um, well, there's a which, lot more strategy involved in it. He's not going was well, efficient all the time. It's yeah, efficient. Efficiency, yeah,
0: for sure. On an efficiency level, he's not exerting his muscles in a way which maybe other players on tour do, which will help him re- preserve his body.
1: For a Grand Slam. Two and weeks I, you've got I, to preserve for. I can't it for.
0: explain it, but he plays in a way which is Unplayable in the best of five format. That's why he's won so many slams. That's why he's favourite to win 23 um, today (laughs) as it is. So it's remarkable. And that's why I like the comment we saw earlier. Athleticism wise, nobody, nobody can match him.
1: He's an incredible, incredible tennis player. And I feel that, Alcalides can learn something from that match. That's the key thing. And I think he even said it, that that's like a learning curve for him. Every Grand Slam will be. He's won a slam from playing like crazy, crazy tennis. Now he's going to have to realize there's going to be some players that just don't go away. And you're going to meet them in the latter stages of tournaments. You're going to need to reserve something. You don't have to wallop everybody straight sets.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that Carlos gives it the big, Big talk before any matches. And that's what he was doing before the tournament. He also said when he thought Rafa was playing, he said, I really hope to play Rafa at Ronald Garros because I believe I can beat him. It's great in one way, but he needs to start like he needs to actually back it up as well. And as much as I think it's good for the sport, start backing it up now, Carlos. Because you give it the big and against Rafa as well. And Rafa didn't even play, so we can't talk about it. But you did it against Djokovic and you lost. So, come on. I don't want to see it happen again. I don't want to keep hearing all these. I don't want him to be someone who's just a very good talker. Start now delivering. deliver But we can't be harsh on him. Incredible tennis player. He's going to win many got Roland Garros's, no doubt about it. And,
1: yeah, just really unfortunate that that happened to him. Yeah, definitely. And you're only ever going to meet someone like Novak Djokovic deep in a tournament as well you're never going to meet that type of player early on so you're going to have to learn to preserve yourself anyway yeah let's move on from that that was the semi final that was how Djokovic got through um let's look at some more tweets relating to Novak Djokovic and we've got this one saying some people are not your friends they're just scared to be your enemy let's go hunting wolf (laughs) Ah, woo. (laughs) Interesting. Do you want to read this part out?
0: Yeah, so this is what Djokovic said in the press room. He said, I hope that I'll play my best tennis level today. The only thing I can say now is that I'm very focused. History is always something that's hovering over me. I'm very happy to be in this position, but I'm just thinking about winning the next match.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the way everybody should play their stuff. Right? You should always just be like focusing even just on the next point. I know I know that we've been watching Egor as well and we've been watching uh, Mukova. That match was very much just just play every point by point because you didn't have you didn't even know if they're going to hold serve or break or or anything. So I think that Djokovic does that better than most players. He's able to reset and that's just something. It's just like a learning curve for anybody else, like a Caspar Rude or, or a Carlos Alcaraz. Just I think Rafa does the same. Roger's done the same. All of those players, they're able to reset in big moments. And they're able to just suddenly get their top level back again quickly.
0: The one thing he says, though, is how history is always hovering over him. The last mm. time history of this magnitude was hovering over him was the US Open against Medvedev. In which he lost, mm-hmm. and that was for him to go one ahead in the slam race. And was it one ahead or to tie it up? That was to go ahead. Yeah, it I think 21. it was to go ahead. Yeah, twenty-one. It would have, and been. then also get the call in the slam. On top of that, yeah, and he wasn't able to do it. So it makes it makes you wonder in a situation like this one against Casper is the history going to become a little bit too much?
1: Another person who could win their first slam as well. This is the this is another thing. I feel he's not immune. That's that's the beauty of this sport is nobody's immune to nerves. Well, it's Casper like Rud on clay. What Daniel Medvedev is on hard. Yeah, I'd say so. He's incredible on clay. I don't clay. think so. I think he's. In, I think I put that... it out
0: there, but I don't think so. I think Daniel Medvedev is so good on the hard court. I don't think Casper
1: Rud is as good on clay as Medvedev is on hard. I think he's a bit behind. So I think he's just a couple of years behind. But I feel like in a couple of years' time, Casper will be like fighting, if not be a Roland Garros champion. I'm, he, I'm sure in his in his career he will have at least one Roland Garros title. So. Fair enough. Moving on, yeah, this one that you were talking about, which was regarding Djokovic's technique and the way he plays the game, the efficiency and stuff, saying Djokovic's technique allows him to go full throttle for hours and hours without getting physically wrecked. Alcohol, like Nadal, is just not as technically and uh, mechanically efficient as Novak. Uh, and really, nobody is. <laughs> yeah, perfect tweet. Word is a lot better than how I articulated <laughs> yeah. it on here
0: and I was hoping you'd have brought it up to save me, but you didn't. Sorry. Tried to embarrass me. Um, but yeah, yeah it was there. that sums, sums sums it up perfectly. Exactly what I wanted to say. No more to... I've mentioned it already.
1: Okay, let's move to this. This is Djokovic on Kasparud. He said, that I think that uh, Kasparud's learned a lot of lessons from playing raffer in last year's final. So I expect him this time to be more solid and to believe more that he can win. Do you believe that? I think that is uh, mind games from Djokovic.
0: I think this is his way of putting a little bit of pressure on Kasparud. uh, Putting it out there saying, oh, I'm expecting him to do a little bit better now he's been here before. Kasparud's going to start thinking, oh, maybe I need to do this, maybe i do that. Gets in his head. Djokovic, the king of the mental battles. I think he's got Kasparud exactly where he wants him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Anything that a player says before a final, take with a grain of salt. I know that we've heard a lot of tennis players coming out and either complimenting somebody or maybe even just saying something negative about them just to try and get them to change something in their game. Yeah, be careful, Kasparud, because you might come in with a bit of confidence and then you might find yourself down a few breaks or something early on in this match if you come in too confident. But on the other hand, I do believe that he will be a little bit more solid. He looks more solid, I feel, just going through the tournament. I just feel he will be... Like, people are going to
0: call me out for this, I know, but I'm going to say it anyway. When Djokovic... No, sorry, when Nadal played Rude last year in the final, Nadal was far superior than what Djokovic is this year. I truly believe that. I think Nadal, Roland Garros is another level. He proved it because he beat Djokovic comfortably in the round before. This year, Djokovic, despite him beating Alcaraz the way he did and physically battling him and taking his whole body away from him, he's also looked slightly suspect at times and his body was struggling a little bit. He even come out and said how... He, that's why he was celebrating so hard all them points because he was going through it himself physically. It may take his toll on him at one point in this final because he had to get through that grueling first two sets as well against Al as I know. But his body didn't cramp up, so he wasn't pushed for the next few. So we didn't know how his body was going <laughs> to react to that. All he had to do was just play up sort of 10%. He was ready for five. You know, he was always ready. All I'm saying is against Caspar Rude, if he plays not at his best, Caspar Rude has a very solid game which can trouble him.
1: an incredible game, Caspar Rude has. That's the that's the one thing that we can't like ignore. Kasper Rude, this year I feel like he's looked even more confident than he did last year getting to the final. I feel like last year's route
0: Well, last uh, year he had a better build up.
1: Yeah. But then the Roland
0: Garros, maybe was a he sort of plodded him with a nice draw. This year he has played
1: better, definitely. Oh, most definitely. I thought that he's, well, the Zverev result for me, that was crazy. Just absolutely just destroyed him. He dropped a set to, was it Zhang, I believe, and to the Italian, can't remember, was it Zepieri? Well, we've got the roots, maybe you can bring yeah. it up. Okay, I'll bring up the route and then we can have a quick look at that. Uh, is it this one? Yeah, we go. Zepieri, that was it. So he had Ema first round. He had two qualifiers back with back. Zepieri, was close to taking him to five. Uh, just he got injured at the end of the fourth, if you remember. He was yep. got a set back and then, unfortunately, he was celebrating breaking Kasparu back. But then he got broken straight back again because he got injured just after breaking him, which is crazy. Zhang took one set and then after that he made light work of uh Holger Luna. It wasn't even really that competitive. I I mean Holger Luna only started playing in the third set and it was too little too late. And then Sasha Zverev, well, we know what happened with that one. We saw that was probably his easiest match, I think. Which <laughs> it's stupid to
0: say. He's getting better as the tournament goes on and that's yeah. what you need to do. You need to peak hopefully for the final. Jarry was good. Runa was great. Sveira even better.
1: Are we going to get the best level in that final? I hope so. I really hope so. I'm quite interested to know what his record is like in five set matches. That's what I'm just going to try and have a look at at the moment, just to see if uh, there is uh, a good record for five set matches. Just give me two seconds. I want to see if there is like a, if there isn't, so be it. I was just going to bring up his all matches. Yeah, I don't think you, I think you just have to go through the whole list to be fair. Yeah, it's just going to take do. forever. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that. Anyway, if you can uh, let us know in the comment section on live chat on Rood's uh five set match record, it'd be interesting to see, just to see, if he does get pushed there by Djokovic, what's his mentality like? Does he like it when he goes deep in a match? Or does, is he the type of person we see him when he gets it done? He normally gets it done pretty quickly, Root. And that's the, that's the thing with him that worries me a little bit. I'm looking here. I think the last five sets he had was against Tommy Paul. And that was at the US Open where he did win in five, which was a gruelling one. But he did bagel him in the final set and that was uh, last year. So, did win his last five-setter, but it's not Novak Djokovic, is it? No. So, so, yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, looking at Djokovic's route, uh, one second, let's just get that up now. Let me see. Which one is that? Apologies. Here it is. Right, so Djokovic, obviously, we look at his route, Kovacevic, Fucevic, Fakina... We've been through this a few times already, I think, through the tournament. Uh Varias, um, the, the toughest ones, I think we'd agree. Fakina, Yeah. Hachana for a set, maybe. And then uh all, all you know, I
0: preferred the Fakina one. I thought yeah. it was great. And Fakina uh showed how good he really is physically
1: as well, because other exactly. players couldn't handle it. Fakina could. Yeah, he looks incredible in that match and If he had had a better draw, who knows how far Davidovich vikina may have gone? He may have gone deeper in the tournament. He was actually playing really well. So Carlos Alcalaz obviously was good for two sets, but unfortunately, one all in the third set. Body did not allow him to continue in the same manner. Up up until then, it was, I couldn't guess who was really going to win the match, to be honest. It was that close. It was enthralling, intriguing, but Alcalo's going to have to work on something off the court to be able to allow himself to compete with people like Djokovic when we get to this stage of a competition. So we've got... Um, right, let's just go to this next one. This one's one for Tennis Insights, talking about Kasparu. Do you want to go through this one for us?
0: Yeah, it's a good page to follow. They have some good stats, so I recommend it on Twitter. And this says, can Rude overcome Djokovic's four-love dominance in the head-to-head? Mm. Uh, so to win his first Grand Slam, Rude needs to raise his conversion score, close the gap on uh, on backhand shot quality, and dictate the game with forehand shot quality. Uh, for Djokovic, what he needs to do is go toe-to-toe on the forehand. Dominate the baseline battle, especially the backhand cross, which we know Nadal did extremely well uh, last year. Yeah, And put the in-attack numbers in his favour. Who will come out on top? I know some of them, you might not know necessarily what they are. So this graphic does explain it in a little bit more detail with the strengths and weaknesses of both players. So we have Djokovic in the red, Kasparud in the green, and instantly, just looking at the graphic, you can see how much more of it Novak Djokovic covers.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, like looking at FIFA or something, isn't it? You see the player yeah. stats. <laughs> yeah, it's a good page. I do I do look at it from time to time. I don't know if
0: you want to go into some of the areas because I don't have my glasses on.
1: Right. So we can have a look here and they can look at serve quality there. And we've got, uh, is that right, Kasparud, is eight for him on serve quality. Djokovic, 7.8, which Casper uh, Rude, I'm not surprised about that because his accuracy well, it's on one of the serve. few
0: areas that Rude just about beats him. Return quality, this is surprising, but Rude has a better return quality. Yeah, that's my uh, Forehand, extremely similar. Moving yep. down. Backhand, Djokovic blitzes him. We knew that. In terms of still, Djokovic is there. The baseline battle, Djokovic has him and conversion, Djokovic, and the last one in attack. So, yeah, all in all, Djokovic, I think, can win this match from the baseline, and I think that's what he will aim to do. He'll want to just move it to the, to Casper's backhand as much, much as possible, because Djokovic's yeah. one is the best. So, I feel Djokovic knows exactly what he needs to do. He's got the four-love head-to-head as well. had never beaten Djokovic. It's a massive ask looking at all of these numbers. But let me know, guys, in the comment section. Do you, do you agree with some of these? Do you think that maybe we may be surprised
1: in some of these areas? Let us know. The return one, I am, for sure. Yeah. That one, like the fact that it's so, it seems vast, the return quality to be 7 to 8.9 for uh, Kasparu. But I guess this is from actual stats through the tournament. So... It must uh, Rude's a
0: fantastic returner.
1: Yeah, very, very good. He gets very good uh, depth on them and gets them in very close to the baseline a lot of the time. So, oh, um, That makes it more interesting because Djokovic, obviously, a fantastic server of the ball. And that first serve, maybe Kasparu would be getting a few of them back in play. So Djokovic might be null and void. Djokovic, something he did really well in that match against uh Alcalaz and against Hachana was the in the ball in behind, which yep. uh the first serve, second ball in back behind. And I think that he's gonna utilize that again in this final. Be interesting to see how much he comes to the net as well, because that was like a sort of a key variety against Alcaraz I noticed was exactly what he went for. Everything was different. There wasn't uh, it didn't show him the same look twice for the whole first set. I think we're gonna maybe see Djokovic aim to bully the backhand
0: of Kaspar Rude like he did against Berrettini at Wimbledon. Ooh, <laughs> I
1: like it. We could go see on. a bit of a Berrettini-style match. Well, I hope so. Right, let's go on to this one. This is Caspar Ruud talking about facing uh, Novak Djokovic. said, it's going to be tough. Last year was against Rafa. This year, against Novak. What what can you say? It's the toughest, uh, the two toughest in history. So I'm going to be the underdog. Play without too many feelings. Smile as much as I can. I know it'll be tough. <laughs> yeah. What more can you say? Playing it down a bit. It's not the Alcaraz confidence. <sighs> Probably wise, though, I feel, to speak like this. He's a he's a realist.
0: He said all this before playing Rafa as well, how it's gonna be a tough challenge. This is gonna to be tough as well. Not many people are expecting Kasparu to come in and win. Um But I do feel we'll get we'll get the best Grand Slam final he's ever
1: produced. Yeah, I mean he's definitely playing the best I've seen him play at a slam before in this one. I just
0: think it's more not even that though. I just think experience wise yeah, he's coming into this one. We've been there before at Roland Garros. He's played the very best there. Djokovic isn't the very best at Roland Garros, so in a way, it should be naturally just by looking at that a little bit, a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, what's Tim Hemmen on about earlier? He says check himself. What's he doing? I think it's just for the promo. Yeah, I know, but it was a bit like he could have used some other wording. This was on the football earlier. Uh he was there talking about football for some reason. I didn't know why Tim Hemman suddenly arrived on the Champions League final. Then suddenly he was like, And tomorrow we're gonna have uh, oh, see who the the king the new King of Clay is gonna be crowned. We know there's only one king of clay, it's Rafael Nadal. So let's just accept that and let's just say who's gonna be the Roland Garros champion for twenty twenty three. I'm glad you know that, Ben. So that's what I, I happily admit that, but the one trophy that everybody is going for, it's not the King of Clay, it's It's the the Conference League, it's it's the GO, it's the GOAT, (laughs) that's it, the GOAT title. Sorry, I thought it was the Conference League. It might be the Conference League as well. There's a lot of people that think that might be bigger than any Slam that's ever been, but uh, maybe that's. Maybe that's just the uh, East London <laughs> contingent <laughs> that I right. enjoying that. Moving right. on. Right. Right, moving on. I don't know if we've got many left, to be honest. Okay, this one, uh, Caspar Rood over the past three years. I like good, this graphic
0: it? it just shows how, how good and consistent he's been on multiple surfaces. Not yep. gonna go into all of them, you can read them on the screen. Um, some of the finals, Miami 2022. The US Open 2022, Ronald Garros 2022, and 2023, Ronald Garros finals. This is his first final he's been to this year, then.
1: Yeah. And you've got to think that the, obviously the last final he was in, he actually played Novak Djokovic as well, which was the, the tour finals, which I,
0: I think I skipped that one when I was reading it
1: off. We had the player roulette when I was, I was a. What do call it? I was Casper Rude and you were Novak Djokovic. Yeah, man. that's right. <laughs> so we had that as the last final of last year, which it seems crazy because I didn't expect him to be getting to a final on uh, indoor hard court, but he surpassed my expectations. And I think he gave a good account of himself in that one. It wasn't like a complete whitewash. It was 7-5, 6-3 to, to Djokovic. But you expected Djokovic probably to be even more dominant. But, oh, so indoor hard indoor certainly. I don't think that's Kasper Rude's
0: surface. So, yeah, that's a good good point you make. Did extremely well. Despite him losing all the times against him, Djokovic. Here
1: they they're are. not the worst
0: losses in the world. Look, tyre break, 7-5, 6-4s. And he's only getting better, Djokovic, playing on the clay. I know they played in 2020 on Rome, but it was quite close, that one. I think three years on, it's only going to be... Oh, yeah, it's also 2022. Just to break each one. Surely it's got to be close. Casper Rude can win a set. And I'm telling you now, Casper
1: will win a set. So they only play each other at Rome or the Nitto HP final. <laughs> That's what happened. It's the first time they're getting to meet each other at a different tournament. Probably sick of playing each other at those ones. Um, this one in the slam final. And look that they played in the final before, they played in the semi-final twice. So when they meet each other, it means that they're both in really good form. So and I do think, like you said, it's not, it's never been a whitewash. There's not been a bagel, or breadstick. Well, anything I mean, it like is that. all whitewash. He's never won a set, but uh, yeah, yeah but it's not been like close. really dominant sets.
0: Yeah, anyway, yeah, let's exactly. get into the prediction. Enough about all of the tweets. Bring up the main one, Ben. Yeah, let's do it. Come on, And right, we will we give go. our prediction. So, my prediction for this final. Drum roll. Everyone is saying Novak Djokovic will win number twenty-three. <sighs> And it's so difficult to look past him. Like, really, really difficult. If I had to be totally honest, though, my prediction for this one is Djokovic to win in four sets. I think it's extremely difficult to see Kasparud winning. I think he will take a set in this final, like he did against Alcaraz at the US Open. Um, but my official prediction is...
1: For the record, Casper Rude in five sets. (laughs) What happened there? I'd already written it down. It's gone again. So I think, let me clarify. I think Djokovic hate into the live chat.
0: (laughs) I think Djokovic is going to win in four sets. I think Karude will win one. But my Fish official mate. prediction <laughs> is going to be Ruud in five. <laughs> what official. is my logic behind that? There isn't one. The real reason is I want to try and protect 23. And I want Rafa to stay on top. Drop Level. the mic. Level. Stay yeah. on top. He but, is on top at the moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Djokovic
0: is on top. Nadal is on top. So I want the Dow to stay on top with Djokovic.
1: Well, I feel that it is only fitting um, that Novak Djokovic he takes the twenty third Grand Slam in Roland Garros in Paris, lifting a third Roland Garros title, which would be more than the Australian Opens that Rafael Nadal has his his least Slam, let's say. So he would have three of Nadal's Nadal only has two of his. He would get to the 23 grand slams. And I think, well, I thought you said it first. I think he's going to do it in four sets, but I thought you were going for, I was like, he's going for the same as me, but then you changed it. So I'm happy. I'm going for Djokovic in four. I think Kasper Rude is definitely good for a set in this one. If you don't think he is, then I think you haven't been watching any of his tennis in this tournament. I wouldn't I wouldn't even be surprised if he could go a bit further, but I'm gonna stick with four. I feel Djokovic may be nervous in this one. That's the one thing in, that's worrying me in this whole thing. I'm gonna stick with four because I think it's safe. But yeah, Kaspar Ruud could be a party pooper. He's gonna be a, he's another Daniel Medvedev. He's... Listen, Novak Djokovic is not
0: coming to Rafael Nadal's house on Philip Chatrier. And he taking is. the lead is too much of an insult. I cannot say it on this episode. I can never say it on the podcast. It hurts as a Rafa fan. I do not want to see him do it. I'm sorry to Gene. I'm sorry to Gary. I'm sorry to Ardu. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to anyone else who is unhappy with me saying that. But I'm a Rafa fan. I do not want to see Novak Djokovic win this run on Garros. Certainly not that <laughs> Roland Garros. I do not want to see him lead in the slam race. And for that, I am hoping Kasper rud can win this one in five sets. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. I think Djokovic wins in four. Uh, the big hope I've got is Djokovic may be a little bit fatigued. The pressure oh, of the history could be a little bit weighing too heavily on him. That's the, the crowd problem. will be behind Kasper Ruud. Ruud has the incentive of knowing that he's doing it for Rafa's name. And he's a massive oh. Rafa fan as well. Oh. He's been here before. He's ready.
1: Incentive he's for Djokovic. That it always defended. close
0: sets. Ruud in five. Come on. Come on, Kasper.
1: No, Don't Djokov- disappear on me. No. I mean- you always do. You've just highlighted another incentive for Djokovic there. Anybody who's a, a fan of Rafael Nadal, he's going to definitely want a defeat. So for me, he's definitely going to get it done. He, he wants this so bad. That's the problem. He does want it so badly, and he wants this Roland Garros more than anything. I think he wants it more than another Australian Open. He wants it more than another Wimbledon. He wants this third Roland Garros. You're going to have to literally tear it out of his hands. And that's why I think Novak Djokovic wins Roland Garros. Number 23, top of the tree, GOAT. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> Song coming to today, <laughs> today could be
0: a very difficult day, but let's see how it goes. Of course, Djokovic is an absolute legend. And watching him is going to be a joy. Make sure to join us. We will be covering it live from 1.30pm UK time. It's going to be a good match. I think it will be close. Um, I don't see it being a whitewash Grand Slam, which like we've seen at Roland Garros in recent years with Rafa. So even more incentive to join us. If you haven't already, hit the like button on the video right now. Subscribe if you're new. And one thing left to say: Come on, Casper Root! Save 23. You can do it, Casper!
1: (laughs) Anymore! See you soon.